I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us to look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram Ninja. Hello. Boss, hey. we're with Joey again. Yes. Hello, hello. Such a delight. Uh, the, the, the IQ increases... 30% when, when you're on with this, Joey. You can, you can just see the rocks that don't move around very often in TJ and I's heads. All of a sudden, start tumbling. Yep. Yeah. I love it. I couldn't have received a better compliment. Now we're moving. So um, if you have not yet gotten a chance to, to hear our intro to Processing Centers, you should definitely do that in our last podcast. But we're going to jump in with the sixes and wrap up our conversation. So um, Processing Center, as we had said last time, we take the world in through our intelligence center, and then there is something that happens in each of the types in which they are processing the information that has come through their intelligence center. And uh, I suppose that's my quick setup. Uh, what am I missing here in terms of just a quick setup for Processing Center? Well, we're starting with a shifted number so that three, sixes, and nine shift, Yep, we believe. That's a good place for us to start. Um, there's going to be a shift for sixes. So um, sixes are going to process with feelings. They are part of the head triad, but they process with feelings. Uh, what's the skinny on sixes, Joey? Well, I will say, I, acknowledging, I think I'm, I definitely mentioned in the um, last podcast that I started looking at the shift by starting with threes because it was so clear to me that threes process with action. And I will add to that that when I moved this six piece, moving six to process with feelings is what caused me to broaden the definition of the feeling center mm -hmm. um, and really look at, yes, it represents people and yes, people awareness. Um, I call it the human centric center is the feeling center. But this is where I really started playing with subjectivity because I think what sixes represent better than anyone is a subjective analysis of what they're taking in. And I was able to carry that to twos and fours as well, but man, sixes seem to almost anchor the subjective piece of this with their shift. Meaning, regardless of the facts, regardless of what's being handed out to them as fact, sixes are going to see another angle. They cannot help but apply their own subjective lens to what's coming at, at them. And I think um, that the world benefits from it, quite frankly. I think um, people don't realize the burden that sixes carry internally before making a, finally making a decision. And I don't think we give them enough grace for the reality that their subjectivity includes the rest of us. Mm -hmm. Like they just don't, I think that's where true team player came from. You, the most commonly used nicknames for sixes are loyalist. 
devil's advocate and true team player. And I have historically said, I believe true team player comes from their shift to process in the people center, people awareness. What's happening outside of me, I'm hyper aware and I know it could have extending ramifications for everyone involved. And so I'm gonna look at this from every angle possible. That's huge. You know, we, we so often unfairly paint sixes as the fear type. Like if everything in the world is scary and sixes are just couched in their fear. And, and there's, this opens up so much about like, it's not, it's not calling them the fear type isn't fair because they're concerned about how things affect people. And, and like, it's, it's not just about whether or not you're going to live. It's also about whether or not you're going to thrive. There's, there's so much that sixes care about that is about the well being of human beings. And it's like, just call it. It's not fair to call them the fear type. And this brings in a, another angle where we can showcase that there's so much more to sixes than the, the easy paint stroke thing that hits me as you're talking is the intelligence center for the sixes is the head that's a future oriented um taking into the world of what might happen and and as we've said in the past that means that the six the five and the seven are all fueled by fear the six is going to be the only one that then has that barrier come down and thinking is cut off and the pivot then becomes relational and it becomes who can I surround myself with to oppose all these fears that I have. And that that seems very clean to me in terms of understanding many of the relationships that I have with sixes in terms of how they actually are in the world. And we looked at how, you know, threes take in with feeling just long enough to do something about it, right? And and we talked since the home base is feeling, but they process with doing. And we're gonna talk more about nines, but you know, TJ so much of his thinking is about doing. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at where does that translate for sixes, it's so clear to me that what sixes value because thinking is the home base, sixes thrive on information. Mm -hmm. And they carry that into their relationships. Meaning, we've always said, you know, most of us, when we ask you how you're doing, what's going on, you know, short answers would suffice. When a six asks you, how are you doing? What's going on? They want the information. They want to download it. They want to carry it. They want to process with it. Um, they connect with you through the detailed information about your life. And I think that only happens with sixes. And I think that's a, that, that's a great way to illustrate that shift, um, to honor the home base, but the shift to process with people. Almost like because like using the, like putting the information in its proper place, like that part's kind of, let's say broken or unproductive. It's almost like it, so long as I get more like the full picture of how you were doing, then I understand the relationship better because I process it with feelings. And they want information. They don't want how do you feel like twos and fours do. I think, right. I think sixes have a similar reaction the processing feelings that threes do when, when sixes are saying, how are you doing? They want to know like, what did you have? Where did you go last week? What are you there? They don't want to know. Oh, I'm feeling good. They want to know what's going on with you. You know, give me, 
give me as much information as possible yeah. when we talk, right? All the types have places where the rest of us might point out and say, I think this is where this person struggles. Something that, as you're speaking, that's hitting me is that I feel like sixes are the type that are most susceptible to cults and conspiracy theories. And as you're talking, it's it strikes me that the thinking is relational. And so I'm believing what the what the group thinks. I'm interested in the data, but it's it is a tinged data. It's not it's not the objectivity that we've been speaking about. But as you were saying in our last podcast, the realm of the the heart is a subjective space. And that includes the the beliefs that we all share here. We all share these beliefs, but they are subjective beliefs to our crew. It's not necessarily what is. It, well, anyway, that's what hits me. Um, you got thoughts? I, I love that because that is true. I mean, I I was listening to a podcast recently. Um, a, a good friend of mine, Elizabeth Chapin, um, does a podcast called Austin Enneagram, and she had a six on, and they were. Um, I think they were looking at Helen Palmer's book. Um, and this six said she was watching like the Nexium cult show with her husband and her husband was like, how could anyone do that? And she was like, I could totally do that. <laughs> she, you know, she's a, she leans very phobic and she was like, I could do that in a heartbeat. And I think the piece we have to bring in here along with information is the sixes strong desire for community. Mm-hmm. And I see that in corporate America all the time because what I say is sixes need community everywhere they go. And if it's not there, they're going to create it. And in corporate America, think about the amount of time we spend at work. Your sixes are going to be the ones, honestly, ahead of twos who are doing the thing, the individual things for others as long as it's building community. Like twos are going to do something special for you at this time, right? But sixes, it's it's all about how can I bring all of us together? How can we, while we're at work, also be feel like we're part of this team and part of this community? And I really think that's unique to sixes. Yeah, language that we commonly use for responsive reactive types is that they're earners, and what yeah. sixes are doing is they're earning stability, and they earn it by that investment, the loyalty, as was said, ends up emerging in that space. Like, why is it that the six is loyal? Well, ensuring that I outsource protection to myself in, in all these other people is just, it seems to me that's just a nat, is that not just a natural movement for the six? Yeah, I love that. And, and the ties, you know, I, I mentioned that I needed to find ways to delineate between threes and eights because we both process with with action and we're in the assertive stance or the aggressive stance or the independent stance. And, you know, fives and nines, TJ, I know you've experienced that. Fives and nines look very, very similar. Yep. And I think it's because you're both processing with logic and mm-hmm. you're both withdrawing. The same is true for twos and sixes. There are two of the three types that process with feeling, but they're both responsive. And I think there's, um, while there's a lot to be seen there because of this, they share a stance, the delineation I find to be more fascinating. And the delineation is, I think twos more often than not want the one-to-one. And I don't know that sixes do in Mm. their interactions. I think they like the group. 
almost because there's more confidence in whatever they're going to do. Like if I just go with one person, what if that one person is wrong? But if we're all moving in this direction, Mm -hmm. I have more confidence in it. I think the counterphobic designation is oversold, but that would be, that would go alongside that. If the counterphobic type of the six is the sexual subtype, so the one-to-one bonding, they're behaving very different than those other two. Agreed. At times. Yeah. Agreed. I'd be a good reason why. Yep. Anyway. I, and when we talk about, we opened in the last one, how I believe if you're a three, six, or a nine, because you move through the centers faster and you don't have a support center, you can reach, you know, from them. And we said threes, I think more often than not, choose to reach for six uh, over being alone and solitude and introspection and stopping. Well, when you look at sixes, I find it to be that they're all processing with subjectivity and the what ifs and the yes buts. I think if you lean in the moment more counterphobic, you grab three. And I think if you lean in the moment more phobic, you grab nine. And it's a difference in pushing ahead, mobilizing beyond doubt, or yep. um, you know what, I'm gonna pull back in and do a little more research. Yep. Ultimately. Yeah, I'm on board with that. There's a mess of things coming together all in, in that <laughs> tiny <laughs> sentence. Um, I'll think on that one. Last words on 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 sixes and uh, that pivot. I yeah, I, I think that like the focusing on the word subjectivity is is gonna be the the thing that helps make this for a lot of people trying to wrap their heads around this because like so much of what we talk about with sixes, you pull out the leg of subjectivity and then it, it all sort of falls apart. Like chaining is subjectivity. This thing will happen. If this thing happens, then this thing happens, then this thing happens, then this thing happens. But all of that depends on them being connected to each other. And like, like if you were looking at it objectively, then the first thing isn't going to happen in the first place. But subjectivity means that chaining can exist. Um, I have, we have, we know a lot of eight, six relationships and, and it's so interesting to see when there is conflict, when there is things that need to be worked on. Like there, there, there's this very interesting disconnect about like the eight wanting to know like what what are we doing to fix this problem or whatever and and the six like there's there's the subjectivity cannot be taken out of that and they're like it's always questioning the relationship it's always about the feeling center of that connection because they process with this feelings with this subjectivity with this the the human centric part of them and i'm putting subjectivity into all of my thoughts about sixes and it just like it just fits and makes sense of everything so i suppose we had brought up the idea of returning back home for three sixes and nines in escaping subjectivity in part is going to be what that looks like yeah if you return to your head you're moving back into a place where you know, objectivity is is thrusting itself forward. This is where you've been. That's something that sixes have a hard time getting their head around. This is the capacity and abilities you have. That's not subjective. Those those are factual claims. Mm-hmm. And saying saying that, hitting the objective on these fronts, it seems to me would would be one of the faces of returning back to center. 
Uh, I love that. And I also, we mentioned earlier, so in in the last episode, that because three sixes and nines are all interconnected, you can move either way. That idea of you can move against, you know, toward. While that's absolutely true, I think getting home, getting back to home base can't happen unless you go through the secure move. Mm -hmm. So threes, Um, I think they choose six um, over nine, even though nine is the next move. I think they choose six sometimes to avoid solitude and introspection. When you go through all the steps, though, when you've stopped and considered the logic behind what you're doing, I think for threes, it'll they're much more genuine in the way they engage and include others. Mm. And it's less cloying and less image seeking. And so when they follow it, you know, through all three steps, it's in those moments where they really gain true satisfaction in community. Like the we wins feel just as good as the me wins when they've, when they've stopped, when they've given every center its due, if that makes sense. And Sixes. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. To, that, to that point, the, the we wins, which can be, like it can be the exact same result, but when you've done it in a way where you actually pull from that nine space of actually stopping and really, really processing it, and maybe even potentially bringing a couple other trusted advisors into that to help you think about this well, then what might be the exact same result is now so much more real, honest, truthful, satisfying, and and meaningful. And likely included more people than you would have yep. first time. Yeah. Had you just skipped there. Absolutely. I think sixes, you, we kind of talked about, you know, whether you phobic or counterphobic leaning. Either way, I believe that once you go through doing, I think you can reach, and I've said this for a long time, I don't think sixes can get to logic nearly as quickly when before they actually start the action of doing. Because starting the action of doing gets you out of the what ifs. Mm -hmm. So I think they have to go through three in order to to reach logic in nine. I don't think otherwise it's just information gathering. I think three's super important. I think action and implementation for sixes is a key step to reaching logic that will be longer lasting and not fleeting, if that makes sense. We haven't brought this up yet, but the we had talked about eight threes and ones moving into withdrawn space in uh, stress, but this is a different kind of move for the six. And it feels like that's what's going on there in part is in that in three space, the six is moving into their stress number, but you're saying that is the avenue for what giving confidence in your thinking again? I think it's the... Um it's the avenue for getting rid of the natural angst that sixes have. I think yeah. as long as they're sitting on the sidelines, rolling through what ifs and not engaging in doing, that subjectivity can quadruple. You know, it can just build on itself. Mm-hmm. Getting out of 
that, getting out of your head and into your body, out of your heart and into your body and doing, I think helps you, it, it cleans, it shows you a clearer path to logic ultimately. As a super basic example of that, my, my partner is a six and struggles a lot with that, like what things need to be done in what order. And, you know, as a, as a working mom and like she, it's often the case that she comes home from her full day of work and I've been with the toddler all day and now I go to work. So she's with the toddler all night. And when do you have time for all of the things? And like, this is a thing that we've been wrestling with particularly the last four years a lot. And one of the things that is a very clear, it, it doesn't solve the problem, but it's almost like a silver bullet in that it reduces the problem is that if she comes home and is really intentional about working out or doing yoga or something, then like the rest of the night goes easier. Like it's just, yep. just guaranteed. And when she hasn't done that for a, a few days, a week, two weeks, maybe when she comes back to it every single time, it's like, God, why don't I do this more? And it like it is like the act of getting into her body and doing something kind of like calms a lot of the rest of the storm. And the way I say it in the working world is if you're trying to impart logic, if you're on the left side when we divide that Enneagram in half, if you're on the five, seven, eight, nine side and you're trying to impart logic to a six, you're going to have a much better chance of them receiving it and employing it if you do it while they're in the act of doing and not while they're considering what to do. Mm-hmm. That's good. Last thoughts on sixes? I feel like we have to give a nod as many times as we can to the reality that you could lean phobic or counterphobic and you can draw from both. Um, but there is, is usually a lean. And I think if you don't go through doing, that's more obvious when you have a counterphobic six than when you have a phobic, a phobic six because the counterphobic six is feverishly, loudly, aggressively gathering doubt supporters. And there, it, it, there's an aggressiveness to it, but it doesn't, just because it's aggressive doesn't mean it's thought out. Hmm. One of the things that was mentioned in our last podcast, which I enjoyed, had to do with this, that counterphobic sixes can often look like they're fueled by anger, but they're not. They're fueled by fear in that that's how it's materializing. I thought that was real helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And when I teach anger and the and I underscore that this is a normal human emotion, I always say, and I truly find that after eights, the number to show frustration and anger outwardly the fastest are sixes. Yeah. Well before ones or, or nines or any other type. Yeah, in fact, that's more, is it not the case that that's more the emotional response to you know, their angst element, the four, six, eight, because fours likewise look like they can are coming across angry sometimes, and that's not the origin, the fuel mm-hmm. yeah. behind uh, their rage, what is perceived as rage. Um, it's good. Sevens, um, sevens are going to process with thinking. What's skinny on on how that movement works inside of a seven? It helped me explain when you understand that the support is. One, that even though you've got this seven in the assertive stance with threes and eights, while threes and eights are processing with action, 
Sevens are processing with thinking. So they actually, um, processing with thinking and doing being second to me easily defines the lack of a single pointed focus for a seven. Mm, yeah. Because that's their biggest issue is a single pointed focus. And if you think about it, a single pointed focus where it's most obvious when you don't have one is in your doing, right? Mm. Head down, go to work. Mm. That is the most difficult thing for a seven. Why? Because they appreciate action, they're active, but that is not what they process with. And if you process with theory and observation and objectivity, there's always something to contemplate. And sevens enjoy that so much more than head down, go to work. Yeah. And even like in the same way that in a similar way that we need to draw a distinction between mental energy and thinking with logic and objectivity, we also need to draw a, a line between doing energy and and the act the the intelligence center of doing because you can be really active and not be doing from or that doing center. what you're supposed to be doing right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> dj you know that all too well i think I nines indeed. and sevens are you're the masters <laughs> of man i'm doing all the time it's just not necessarily what needs to be done yep yeah i think that's very well said that's a good observation for sure is it is that shared by twos doing things that are fruitless on that front? That would, that would just bring that triad full circle of seven nines and twos. They're shutting down thinking in terms of their problem solving. But I haven't thought about that with twos. And Suzanne's mantra, what's mine to do? And that yeah, comes from this. All I think with twos, if, if it's not what they're supposed to be doing, it's because they're the, of the lack of personal boundaries. So I can see how that, yeah, they're not doing their own work. They're doing on behalf of others. Mm -hmm. Right. I can see that. Definitely. Materializes different there. Um, Is it the case that sevens, would you say that sevens are, are then they, they have a support center in, in doing, did you say that? Yes. So I I miss that. My doing supports their thinking. Yeah. Okay. And so when you think about a seven, what do they like to talk about? Where they like to spend their head space mm-hmm. is on what they want to do. Mm, right. And making sure that those options stay open and clear and that, that anything, you know, the anticipation that I use instead of fear, you know, for, for what fuels them. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I heard something the other day. I'm going to butcher this, but I heard something the other day that was in effect that we actually enjoy planning vacations more than we enjoy actually being on vacation. That if you were to like register, you know, whatever the chemicals are in your brain and, you know, response, that it's actually the planning that, that infuses you with more delight, you know, than actually being on a vacation. This is why you can be on vacation and thinking about your next vacation for some of us. You know, and anyway, as we're talking about sevens, I could see them just the planning is a, you know, is a heroin hit as it were, you know, in terms of their, of a desire. I don't know if that's the right. No, that's, that hits. It doesn't hit for me as an eight. And I'm, I recall a live stream that my brother and I did where we were Uh talking about the difference in sevens and eights and we brought up a trip and he was Uh like, I'm my, he was like, my excitement starts in the planning phase. Yeah. And I want to talk to Joey about it. And Joey, don't, I don't want to talk about it because I, my uh, anticipation doesn't fuel me. Mm-hmm. I will date when we get there on day one, I'm all in yeah. and I'm, and I'm living it up, but I don't, 
the anticipation doesn't fuel me like it does my brother at all or my child. So that's my other child is a seven, my 14 year old. No, Lord, he's 15. Um, freshman in high school. And we literally have put on things in his room, like he's a lacrosse player. And Billy last Christmas found a lacrosse ball that you could put a picture, an action picture of Sam on with a saying. And the saying is work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. Because sevens want to play hard and they're great at playing hard and working hard is not part of it. And again, if you want to delineate in that aggressive stance or yeah. assertive stance, threes and eights are great working hard because that's what we process with. That's where we get our validation, but not a seven, man. That's actually helpful. One of the th- When we've talked about security numbers in the past, a huge tell for us ends up being, think about who you are on vacation. And that can, that can often open up doors there. My my wife, the three, goes into six space, which is a present-focused space. And as an eight, you're likewise going to a present-focused number. But the seven's not. No, so, which highlights the reality that we've got that final number. We looked at twos and fours who have no line to thinking. Yeah. And fives and sevens have no line to the feeling or people center. Right. And that means that fives don't. They They start with thinking, support it with doing but their line to five means that that they go they've got a fourth step just like twos do Mm -hmm. and in all the ways i said twos make up for not having a line by being independent right by having that line to eight their doing is so independent they fool themselves and others that they thought it through for sevens their responsive line that line to one they're not going to feel with you but the responsive doing that they have because of the line to one, they'll do something about it. And then they fool you and themselves that I identified with what you were feeling. And then I was motivated through my heart to do something about it. No, no, no. It's part of <laughs> it what was makes an, them so charming. Right? Yeah. Man. And so five is so important. That's th- step three. And I don't believe, I don't believe fours can reach logic I don't believe twos can reach logic until they draw from four and decide what they feel for themselves. I do not believe that sevens can get in touch with their heart and with their true awareness of others until they slow down in five. And what five gives them, yes, there's logic there, but there's a different kind of objectivity there that's not quite so reframing. Mm -hmm. I think pulling into five for sevens uh, tends to shed some of the natural reframing so that they have to objectively look at how they might have engaged with someone and how that caused that person to feel. Like if you look at what fives, I know we say that it's all logic, but I do think fives ponder emotions in people a lot. I think fives very openly, very honestly say, I, I don't understand why you're feeling this way and I want to you know, think about that. Sevens don't get in that space if they don't slow down and pull inside. But when they do, I think they can realize you do have a heart for others. They were just kind of keeping it uh, shut off, if you will. Mm. I think it's the difference in sweet and thoughtful. Like my child is very sweet. My seven is very sweet. He does not think of others. (laughs) He responds... (laughs) He's a responsive doer, but it's 
the self-focus is very natural for sevens and it's my world and, and, and I'm regarding you as however you fit in it and, and you're welcome to join in. Like they're not shut off from the world. It's just world come to me and do the thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that shows the lack of the, it's not that they're emotionless. It's that they don't consider others till way later. And people take that the wrong way. I mean, people, I, I really am working to coach my seven <laughs> in a way that I've never had to coach my four to be cognizant of others. Yeah, you can repress center going on there. Yeah, now. yeah, for sure. So, how but, is, how, I, but I have it because I have a line yeah, there. That's what I was... He doesn't have it. Okay. It's not in his hardwiring like it is in mine and like it is in threes. It's not there. Well, and, and with sevens, like the, the, the way that they reframe and like we, we talk a lot about sevens being entertaining and good storytellers and all of a sudden, like if you're constantly living a sort of adventurous life, you have lots of great stories to tell. And if you remember only the best parts from those stories anyway, then their stories are always going to be great. And, and there's, there's so much about, we have a hard time tolerating emotionless robots who trample on us when they're jerks about it, but we kind of, it, forget that sevens are emotionless robots that trample on us because they're charming, because they're entertaining, because they bring in the fun. And there's, there's so much about what's happening on the inside that like they are not connected to that feeling space. And And I think because they engage us, they get a pass that fives don't get. Yes. Fives don't get the pass, mm-hmm. but what also happens is we get hurt more by sevens than we'll, we'll ever get hurt by fives. Right. Because they engage us, we think, oh, you recognize this. Oh, you're connecting with me. Mm-hmm. No. And it's, it's very surface, and I'm careful to say that surface does not mean fake. There's nothing fake about sevens, but they keep it surface level. Right. And be- because they process with thinking, they don't, they they really do not understand that there is a subjective level to to this like they they just don't have that subjective filter the, they see their own behavior in an objective way and they see your response to it in an objective way and like it's it's all disconnected from each other very well said Thing I haven't brought up in this podcast is direction. And I suppose I supposed to backtrack for sixes and then this will launch to f- sevens. The the sixes direction is going both ways. They're they're trusting the pe- the they have trust issues with the people out there. They have trust issues internally as well. And th- that relationship goes both ways. Sevens are fleeing inward, you know, negative emotions and experiences. And that's I suppose what's com- coming to my mind is you're Speaking is so much of the energy going outward to flee. Get here's the feeling repression is having to deal with the the mess that may be within. Um, Yes, and I think it's twofold. So I've always said that threes, sevens, and eights. Feeling is last. People awareness is last. I believe, and we all have, and in my opinion, we have the highest stress thresholds. 
And I think what ultimately pushes threes, sevens, and eights to stress is our own feelings that mm. we have not processed appropriately. Right. Because threes disconnect from them and put something more positive out. I replace it with anger. Sevens just reframe it. Stay, they stay in their head. Like, I'm, why would I deal with a feeling? Let me just change what I'm experiencing in my mind, ultimately. Because that's the case, I think it's, it's a hard thing. Like, I think we really need to, in all the ways that we appreciate fives, because of they don't have, we need to appreciate fives because responsiveness is not hard, hardwired in. You got to look at, there's something to not having a line to people awareness, but you can engage with people really comfortably and you get away with it. So it's got to be harder to come back, if that makes sense, because they can get away. We all think, oh, like sevens are so engaging and so personable and... Um, I put them in a group. We talked about this in one of our podcasts with twos and sixes in terms of social awareness. Mm. They have a social awareness and I, and, and that lulls all of us, the seven themselves into thinking, oh, they're totally connected with me on this level of human give and take. And I think it's a mental exercise until sevens do some real work. I think that's super insightful, especially I imagine there's, it's very helpful having a sibling who's a seven and a child that's a seven because you can peel back that, that layer to see that. I think that's helpful for the rest of us. Our language with three sevens and eights on that front has been that there's, at least behavior wise, seems to be that independent go, 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 go crash. And what I heard in your language was the crash ends up occurring when you can't escape doing some internal work. And I think that's, I suppose that's my experience. I think for sevens, the crash is going to be tied to their responsive line to one, to the point where they're wired to read others and then respond with an action. And it's in those spaces that the rest of us are saying, we need more than your actions. Hmm. I need you to be on this level with me in a, in a, in a self-sacrificing way that I just don't, I don't think self-sacrificing is hardwired into sevens. I don't. I think because they lead with their mind, everything they choose to do has been thought through. You, uh, you, can, you can skip speaking on this, but the, it, it strikes me that the, the type that's most inclined to, to, do down, to hurt themselves, to, to take their own lives are sevens and it, Popularly speaking, um, people that you're kind of like, why would that person take their own life? And they always strike me. I'm like, that dude was a, that famous person was a seven. Um, is there a line there as well? The, I hear the relational side in terms of ones, but do you have do you have uh, insights, wisdom on, on um, why that would absolutely. be true? Absolutely, and and it's on a personal level as well. Um, Having a seven and a four as children, I think the world assumes when people self-harm or can't deal anymore that they're a four. And I'm like, they're actually probably the least likely because they're okay with the world being not okay. Mm -hmm. Like they're, that's a natural space for them. But a seven who comes up against something they cannot reframe. And I have found that historically to be the ending of a serious relationship 
or the death of something close to them, someone close to them. Because you can reframe just about anything. You cannot reframe someone who was important to you who is no longer there. And I find and have um, in my own life with my own brother, they come to that space and the thought isn't, I want to die. The thought is, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be right. here right now. It's, it's not I want it all jump. to be over. It's I just, I don't have the tools because I didn't exercise that muscle to deal with this. And so they feel like they're on the edge of a precipice that if they allowed themselves to feel hurt and pain and sadness, they'll never come back up. Like it would be impossible to come back. And I see it over and over and over. Seven's really struggling when they get to stages in life where there's the death of someone close to them or the ending of a serious relationship. And you know what'll help? Five. Yeah. They're just so, they're not wired. They're just not wired. I, I I think while our secure line is there for us, I think we tend to avoid it <laughs> because we just it's easier to do what we know. It's easier to go back and forth between doing and support or the thing you're processing with and doubling down on. I think this is correct. We tend to avoid the roads that get us to security. This is when this is a place I keep going back and forth in my head with my debate with Riso and Hudson in my head. Because um, what they want to say is you need to die to your motive. That when you cease longing for the thing that you want most, that's the that is the mystical road to your security number. Um, so for the seven in terms of, of longing for, if you, if you cease chasing fulfilling experiences, you're going to die to that. It allows you to be present and allows you, I assume, to move into that more introspective five space simply because you've cut off all that energy to your motive. And you were saying this with twos as well. Like if you, yeah. if you die to your need to help other people, then all of a sudden you're going to find, it's gonna I'm going to do some, some isolating work. Yeah, if you die, if sevens, if you died in your your natural focus on your agenda. Yeah, right. I, th I, I had a seven say once that when she goes to five, she realizes her heart's in everything she does. She just doesn't allow it to play a part. And mm. I thought that was awesome mm. because having a seven child, his heart is massive. It's He's so kind and inclusive of others. And he has a way of just bringing everyone along. And you, and that's all so great. And he doesn't let it get into the inner core because of his hardwiring. And it makes me teary, honestly, to talk about because I think life is going to hand him some really hard lessons that I can only walk with him through. And and I, my future oriented self, is trying to prepare him, you know, and. It's a head trip until it happens, I think. Like when you can reframe any negative, any negative, that is so awesome in so many ways and it leaves you without opening yourself up to your own faults and the faults of others. And that's where relationships, I think that's, that's part of the magic of relationships, right? right. Is is that give and take. I think of it in terms of a give and take that I think sevens miss out on until they come up 
in their life with something that they cannot reframe. And that usually happens long past when they would have been able to learn the skills needed to get through that cleanly. Right. Like there, we, we, there's a societal conversation about like the, my generation was given trophies for showing up and, and now we're being criticized for wanting a trophy for showing up as adults. And like, there's just, there's so much about like when you, don't let your children experience hardship and then they grow up and like they go off to it. The uh, uh, alcohol discussion around like, like kids who were really confined and, and like structured and like everything is really hard when they get, or really sort of like taking care of for them in this space as they're growing up. And then they get to college where mom and dad aren't there. And not only do they not know how to do laundry, but also they're, they're free in a way that they've never experienced before and they don't know how to handle that freedom because they've never really had it. And, uh, and, and in a similar way, like not learning the skills of how to experience and go through hard things because you automatically have this cheat button that's just built in. Like you, you just like, you just can just skip all that for your whole life. And then you come up against something where the, the cheat button doesn't work now. And like, that is so different and, and so much harder than having learned how to do it as you were learning everything else. And it's not their fault. Right. It's how they're wired. Like, right. how do you learn from things not going your way? If, in your mind, everything always right. goes your way. Right. And that's your hard wiring. Right. Yeah. You study the Enneagram. <laughs> that's right. Bing. That's right. <laughs> this is the opposite side of subjectivity, by the way. We had, we had been really putting forth, I thought, subjectivity is here's where you're really going to wrestle if you're subjective. But when there's a lack, also a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's on the people who are bringing subjectivity. <laughs> yeah. Like I go back to my, the visual of the, the half splitting the Enneagram in half and you've got three straddling the top, but you've got, you know, one, two, four, six on one side, um, eight, nine, seven, five on the other. I am certain that much of the relational issues of eight, nine, seven, and five come from one, two, four, six, having unrealized and unspoken expectations of that half. Mm. And then when they're not realized... (laughs) then they have all kinds of subjective emotions around those unmet expectations that we didn't bring to the table on the, on the left side, on the logical side, because we're working with objectivity and um, doing and action. And that people awareness is, is the thing we've got to be a little more aware of. So, yeah. Well, maybe if you loved us, I mean, we would, we would, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Different. That's not what we're processing with or supporting. It's not there, either one. There is, I, I love that contrast. There is so much of uh, the relationships that are so valuable to, to us is perhaps found in, in that wisdom is there's the complementariness across that divide mm-hmm. has, a, has a real positive in that, you know, you shore up the weaknesses and of your... Of the, of the people in your life. And, and if you have a lover on, on the other side, then that, that 
clearly has some of that dynamic. That was wonderful. I have terrible news for both of you. Uh, we haven't even gotten into eights, nines, and ones. This is going to be. <laughs> we're we're going to be here forever. Um, and we're going to save those body types for the next episode. We love talking to Joey so much and hope that you have loved this and learned a lot too. If this episode has been valuable to you, we'd love it if you shared it with someone you care about, maybe a six or a seven who's looking to do some real inner work. You can also rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you use. This helps us be seen by new listeners. You can find links to our Patreon and info about our monthly gatherings at aroundthecircle.org, and we hope you'll join us next time. He's Jeff Cook, and I'm TJ Wilson, and who you aren't isn't interesting. Thank you.